The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Our guest on the podcast today is Amber Sueno. She was introduced to me by my good friend Yannick Silva, and I can totally see why. I think you're going to love this conversation as much as I did. Now, Amber is a transformational business strategist who helps visionary leaders live and lead in authenticity. She's the founder of Soul Seed, a brand ecosystem with several businesses, including Soul Seed Strategy, a business coaching and brand transformation firm that helps visionary leaders to grow values aligned, authentic businesses through transformational strategy, coaching, and marketing services. Now, she is walking her own unique path and bringing really powerful work to the world, helping leaders and entrepreneurs to reimagine business in radically authentic ways, which is what you're going to hear us talking about. We talk through everything from brand strategy and leadership to soul alignment and everything in between. It's a truly rich and insightful conversation. Now, Amber is also the author of the Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Unleashed, a been there, rocked that guide to radical authenticity in life and business. And when she's not strategizing with clients or speaking on stages, you'll find her rocking with her metal band, Morning Star. So sit tight because Amber describes herself as a badass. She is bold and she is truly a rock star. And she's also empathic, intuitive and compassionate. As you'll hear us discuss, she has found ways to do things a little differently by finding ways to bring together the polarities in business and in life to take the middle ground and help change makers to experiment with unleashing radical authenticity in life and business which of course is also the title of our conversation today. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Amber. Hey, Amber, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. I'm so excited to have you with us today. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation because I know we've got quite an overlap in the work that we do. So I kind of guess that we're gonna be diving deeply today into some really exciting topics. But before we do, our audience has just heard your professional biography, and I'd love to kind of go beneath the surface of that with you just for a moment and ask you to tell us in your own words a little bit about yourself. Like, who's the human behind that bio? Who's she? Mm. Well, today I can confidently say that who I authentically am, I, pair, I, I put it to two simple words, heart-centered badass. <laughs> it really speaks to just like my authenticity. Right. And, but for years, that was a struggle where I had, it felt like two different identities in mm. the way that I am and my passions and my interests. And, um, I grew up very empathic, but I also, um, am strategic and I had goals and I wanted to overcome a lot of the challenges of my background. 
And so in a lot of ways that that made me hard and it made me think that I needed to think with my mind and be a hard worker. And I stuffed down that intuitive, empathic side, sensitive side. And I was made to believe in a lot of ways that that was a weakness and would prevent me from getting where I wanted to go in life. So, you know, there's a lot to that in my background, but today I just confidently own both sides as, and it makes up just one human. And I think we're all a diverse mix of so many things. We don't need to fit a label. Um, but that really kind of sums up the, the, who Amber is, is that I am sensitive and empathic, but I am also badass. I'm a rock star. I'm strategic and I can be hard when I need to be. I love that. And, you know, I love that you've opened us with these kind of polarities, these really opposites that you're bringing together, because I know that's something that's very alive in your work as well. So tell me how, you know, if this were like a pattern in your life, and I I guess I'm kind of projecting a little bit as I'm saying it might be a pattern in your life. Mm. How has this kind of, have you brought this into your work and your career? Yeah, I love that. How I brought it in is in working with, so earlier it was working with a lot of companies and then it evolved in working um, in transformation of the leaders behind brands and then working with people, whether they identify as an entrepreneur or not. And it's around authenticity and that connection to authenticity and not making ourselves wrong for what we authentically are. And so this, this goes to play with both companies or individuals that it's about having a clean slate and saying, what does your company authentically stand for? Who do you help and why? But helping brands and individuals realize that they can create that in whatever way is authentic and it doesn't need to fit some perfect formula. And my background is in brand strategy, but I got away from the formulas that say, well, you need to plug these words in this box and then write the statement this way to get people to buy a thing. And I mean, we've seen in, in recent years that the only rules are the ones that we write for ourselves. And that's the same at a human level. And it also transcends into business. At least that's my belief. Mm. Um, yeah. And so my journey has mirrored the more that I have walked my healing journey and authenticity journey, it has directly impacted my ability to be better in my work with companies and leaders. Mm. And you're speaking to something that's really important there, because I think, you know, particularly for women in business, I think there is a real pull towards who we think we should be and kind Mm. of a leaving behind sometimes ourselves in that process. It's like we lose ourselves in relationship with. Now, you know, and what I'm hearing you speak to is the fact that it, you know, we don't need to do that. It's really important that we hold on to the essence of ourselves and be radically authentic so that we can bring all of that kind of goodness. And for me, energetically, I think of flow were attached to authenticity. Yeah. But what does it mean yeah. to you to be radically authentic in your life and in your business? For me, it represents that ultimate feeling of freedom. And when I'm being radically authentic, it is personal freedom. And that's something that is a feeling. Um, and, and being authentic, some people confuse this, that 
Um, they think it means you say whatever you want, you be however you want, you wear whatever you want without regard for others. However, you know, true radical authenticity also uh, requires empathy for others, but without selling your true self short. True authenticity is you standing in who you authentically are despite outside expectations or fear of judgments. Um, that's This is what it means to me anyway. And and it's being free of judgments of ourselves as much as we're afraid of others' judgments. It's it's freeing ourselves of how we're judging ourselves for being who we authentically are and giving ourselves that space to, to be who we are and to also know that by being who you are, you're not making others right or wrong. You're just accepting who you are and accepting them as they are. And for me, that's what's brought so much greater freedom, what I describe as personal freedom. Whereas previous to that, before I was leaving into that, there were so many ways in which I was hanging on to fear and anxiety and concern and, and working so hard to please everyone and be all the things I thought they needed me to be. And in a lot of ways, I was a chameleon, which in mm -hmm. some ways can be a skill, but I started to see how it was exhausting me and actually no longer served me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important in this journey too, right? That we have different stages in which a thing works for us just until it doesn't anymore. Right. Right. And you spoke uh, a, a minute ago about starting life as a brand strategist. So mm -hmm. how did you kind of, because what you're describing to me sounds a little bit like you're waking up in a way. You're, you're waking up to a different level of awareness about yourself and what's possible for you. So how did you go from brand strategist to, to this, this badass that you are today in business and, and leadership and life? You know, how did you go from that? Because that's the nexus, I think, for a lot of our audience where they're thinking, oh gosh, like I want that, I'd love that. But they just don't know what that first step is or how to actually believe in themselves enough. I'm going to say that believe in themselves enough to actually do that. Mm -hmm. Well, so when I started my business, I, and I started it uh, back in 2015, I had this sense, this deeper knowing that quite frankly was with me from early in childhood mm -hmm. that I was meant to guide others and everyone's story is different, but I definitely had some early knowings that I was born with some level of wisdom that came with me from somewhere. But of course, through many years, I, I shut it down. And then I was going on that awakening journey to what you're, you're speaking to. And so I started my business in 2015. And I, and the, where I said to myself is, well, my deeper self has a sense that I'm meant to support others in their journey to be who they authentically are and go for their goals and, and live their dreams. But since I don't quite know what that is, and I also had a bit of a story that I needed to prove that I knew what I was talking about in order to be taken seriously. I said, well, I will do brand strategy and marketing. I will build my business to a million dollars a year by year five, and then I'll sell it. And then I'll go do the thing that I'm actually meant to do. The thing that my soul is calling me toward. So that then took me on a journey, which by the way, I believe that for me, my journey of building a business has been my biggest personal growth journey. Mm -hmm. It's just been the vehicle that has allowed my self-awareness journey. And so I started in brand strategy, doing marketing um, also. But what I started to see was that a lot of times the, the blocks that were coming up for clients weren't having to do with their marketing. It actually had to do with something within the human. 
And now it makes sense to me today because part of it is, and I think we all have a level of that awareness uh, energetically and intuitively, but we're all awakened to it differently. And I didn't understand it back then. And I, but I do now, um, but I just started testing well, what would that be like to, to open up permission to maybe work with someone on that? So I created a beta program around authentic brand strategy, and I combined some of the personal transformation work with brand strategy. I tested it only for four weeks. There were only six people in it. The whole time I was delivering it, I was uh, afraid that it wasn't good enough. I didn't know if anyone was getting any value from it. At the end of the course, part of the agreement was they would give feedback and testimonials because they had gotten it so inexpensive. And one person said that he had been in business for 20 years. And for him, that program was life-changing. And this was just like my test, right? So I think to give people something actionable, it's if they feel called towards something or a pivot or a transformation, what's the one next step that you could take to do an experiment? right? Like we don't need to put ourselves out there fully and say, well, now my website's all made and I'm ready to present it to the world. What I did was I went to a few people in my network who I had the sense that they would be willing to go on this experimental journey. And I was just honest about, I want to test out some theories. And I think we have to, you know, make ourselves not like responsible for overly delivering a thing, like get comfortable in the innovation And so that was one of the stepping stones that was a huge catalyst for me to realize that I was onto something. And then it started shifting me over the years, shifting the conversation away from this way that a lot of agencies would do brand and the way a lot of people think about it, which is I'm going to talk to you and then I'm going to create this vision and graphics and spit it back out to you and tell tell you it's a brand. That's not how I do anything with brand strategy. What we do is a co-creation and we facilitate it being born from within the business and from within the leader. Um, But that was one of those specific points. And I think you're speaking to something really important there for people to hear this idea of experimenting. Because like you said, you know, a lot of people think they have to have all their ducks in a row, their websites, their business cards, their messaging, everything in a row before they ever launch. And what you're talking to is almost like that that backward strategy where you're actually co-creating now with your clients, you're in dialogue with them. And so, you know, you're not just kind of doing what I call hope marketing, where you're hoping that it's going to land, you're actually experimenting. And to me, this is the key of really powerful business, because what you're speaking to there is you know you're really able to in dialogue with the the people that you're building this for you're creating with them so of course you know everything gets more aligned everything goes in that space but I do want to ask you about like you you mentioned there about like it sounded like the stirrings of your soul that kind of opened you up and I just want to kind of get you to walk Mm -hmm. us through that a little bit because you know, a lot of us have a sense of something, but we don't always put the word soul with it. And soul is not a word mm-hmm. that's often like welcome in business, particularly in boardrooms. Oh. <laughs> right. And so it's an unusual oh, word, yes. isn't it? Yeah. But yet you speak to it just like we do in the Sacred Change Maker. So our audience are going to love you. But it's like, what what does that mean to you, that soul, and to take mm-hmm. yourself and align yourself with the soul mission that you were just talking about? Tell us a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And thanks for acknowledging that. That's maybe a, another, the next thing we chat about, because <laughs> I started my business as strategic partners marketing and I rebranded it six right. years later to soul seed. And that in and of itself was a huge thing to work through fear and to trust the deeper, the, my deeper um, aligned self. So for me, soul within at the individual level, it's what I know within me when I'm free of fear, free of expectations, free of the questions of, well, how will I make it happen? And now I am a strategist and um, I've helped a lot of businesses be successful through strategic thinking and solid plans. But I went on that journey to flip to really learning how to listen to an inner voice. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes a lot of practice. And sometimes it looks like messy, something messy for months where I feel the truth of the direction I meant to go, but my brain is still catching up, but I'm able to look at it from a bird's eye view and, and almost say, this is my soul truth. This is my soul speaking. This is my human over here battling with what my soul knows. So what would it be like to take one little step toward what the soul knows and let my brain catch up? And like, that's just been my rhythm and kind of how I've found this to work for me is practicing with baby steps. And it, it is like a muscle that has gotten stronger. Mm. And it led me to now start doing things that quite frankly, if I, you know, if I have a new client and if I were to tell them some of these big things that I do now, they would probably run. So I'm cautious about what I say now. Right. Like, right. um, <laughs> But I love that. And here's where I want to go with it, because I'm I'm super excited by what you're saying, because it so aligns with my own experience. But this for me, I love that you made the distinction there when I asked you about soul, you talked about individual soul, because mm -hmm. what I'm also interested in is how does your individual soul kind of align with the collective? Because I feel particularly I don't know if you feel the same way but I feel like there's a lot of us waking up right now and it's almost like we're being called yes as individuals in our individual soul path but also those soul paths are coming together in a collective almost collective waking up a collective evolutionary impulse or something and I'd mm -hmm. love to get your sense of you know are you aligning are you aware are you aligning to some of that too Mm, yes, I feel that <laughs> the way I think around that is, is energy mm. and the me of even five, maybe like six, seven years ago, I was not comfortable speaking about soul. I don't know if I even understood energy. Now I really have that sense that we, I believe we can connect in this energy, in this energetic collect in this, a uh, collective field that we can connect with others anywhere, anytime. I've always felt this connection to a global world, a global consciousness, even from being a small child. Mm. Those are some of my earliest memories that felt true. Because I felt like a global citizen, even though I had no idea what that meant. Some of my earliest memories were, or thoughts were, I need to live in Africa, even though no one sh like showed me where it was on a map. I did end up going there for a while. Um, but I... I think that's that are that is soul's ability to to and 
feel connected to other human souls Mm -hmm. because we all have that deeper energy, that deeper self, but we're walking around a lot of us with some level of a wall up or right. And it can be good and bad because there are, you may need to feel that you need to protect yourself in in Mm -hmm. certain environments, or you want to be conscientious about who you let in, but where it becomes a problem for a lot of people is that there's the deeper self and this exterior self, and they don't realize that that's, that they're living from this exterior, exterior, exterior self. I do find it's easier to feel like there's like soul connections with people who are able to have these, con- these self-awareness conversations. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's almost like unspoken connections. And sometimes even I'm with people and we can feel energy in each other's, like I feel I'm connecting with a client. I can feel in my body where they might be feeling something stuck. Yeah, I get that. And it's it's interesting for me because I think there's a degree of resonance between you and I in this conversation where I'm not just hearing your words, I'm feeling you as you're speaking to me. It's like there's an energy coming between us and and I love that. So I've got to Mm. ask you, soul seed. This sounds like there's a story behind that. (laughs) Like why soul seed? What's that about? Isn't it such a good name? I mean, as soon as I thought of it, I was like, as soon as I thought of it, I was simultaneously like, thank God this is it. And also like, so here I'm about to swear, like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Am I really going to do this? (laughs) Right? Because something I didn't, well, so something I didn't talk about yet, but I mean, I grew up in a background of, of middle-class, lower income, hardworking people in the Midwest and in in Wisconsin, I was the first generation in my family to graduate high school even. And then the first to go to college, there was a lot of struggle, a lot of alcoholism in my family history, um, lack under education, not a lot of money to go around. So I had, uh, done a number of jobs. I had a successful sales advertising career, working in brand strategy and TV advertising. I built my business and built it to a level of revenue and in my previous job and then my business earning more than I ever thought was possible. And once I think if you live where there's trauma around having money and having enough or the car's always breaking down, how are you going to pay for things? I did not want to go back to that spot. And so as I've gone on my journey, I've known that I meant to do deeper soul work and help people really mine from a deeper place. Uh, I've had this part of my mission is to help create more conscious business places, uh, places that are uh, better for humans rather than this very rigid, you must work these hours and you must result in these KPIs and leave your personal self at home. It just like does not compute. (laughs) But with that, it was like, well, I've been doing this kind of marketing and brand strategy and getting paid for it. And so the fear comes when you make a pivot, like with changing my business name, the fear comes around well, can I still make money with that? And can I still, how will I still survive? And especially when there's old programming, right? That's like not wanting to go back to that place of fear of survival. So that's where I leaned on some of my tools and my tests and my experiments and that I had been doing over the years. And I looked at those customer testimonials to remind myself about the, what, uh, you know, what the work had meant to people, Um, and then I worked with my own transformation coach in 2020 is when I 
like birthed the name of soul seed. And I, I don't know how, but I just started writing it and I have notebooks everywhere with just like the doodle of the S and it just, I just kept writing like soul seed. I just kept writing it for months and I just knew it was it, but it also felt like it wasn't a hard turn for me. I knew where I was, but externally, and if I showed you images of the brand and what the website said and everything, strategic partners marketing felt very corporate. Yeah. And then soul seed is very like live from your soul alignment. Anything's possible. There's a deeper purpose to life. Um, that was a long answer. I apologize. No, but I love it because you're but actually speaking to something really important here because huh. I think you and I, I mean, what you just told me there is you're reimagining business. You're bringing the humanity back into business. That's been my entire career, right? But where everybody gets stuck, and this is true for my clients as well, is in this place of, oh, I can't go woo-woo. I can't go over there. I've got to be over here where the strategies are and the suits are, and I've got to be kind of masculine in my energy. And, uh, you know, and I've got mm. to speak in ways that we talk when we're in business. But what mm -hmm. you and I are experimenting with is, well, no, why can't we have why can't we have both? Why can't we have humanity and business? Because we forget over here where it's all about like, you know, like you said, KPIs, performance, stakeholder analysis, all that stuff over here. We forget that business is actually human. <laughs> you know, without the humans, yeah. there is no business, right? Yeah. And so we've got to, it's got to be, and I remember back in, so probably before you were born, uh, where I used to do performance through people <laughs> in the late 80s, performance through people. That was what yeah. I used to teach. And it's fascinating to me that it's still a thread today. And I look back on my career and I think, quite honestly, not a lot has changed. Okay, technology's changed the face of business massively during my career. But apart from that, the way we do business hasn't changed. And I'm on a mission to change it. And it sounds like you yes. are too. So I'm so excited because when you, you know, what have you learned from actually stepping into this different energy, this different field, this different perspective on business? Mm -hmm. Was it as hard as you thought it would be? And have you made any money? Because I'm sure our audience are wanting to know. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So hard is an interesting perspective because it's simultaneously. So the again, this pattern that comes up with this polarity that I feel like I'm always in. But we always get a choice. Yeah. So things can be simultaneously the hardest thing ever and also the easiest thing ever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and yes, I'm making money. Uh, and it's been the journey of allowing myself to transform the ways in which I'm receiving money and, and just transforming that or like certain types of clients and opportunities I've started referring out or let them go, or they've naturally fall and fallen away while I've shifted focus toward the clients that are working around the transformational conversation and they're bringing in the element of it's important to them to be in soul alignment as a leader. We're still helping them tell their brand story, make more money, build stronger teams, but it's through a different conversation around how we go about doing it. Mm. It's, it's just, it's, there are very different approaches in the business coaching growth strategy world. And 
I'm working with that way because that's where the flow is. That's where I found greater joy. It's what's worked for me. I think part of this too is when I really, I don't know if I would say freed myself from a corporate career. I don't know if I should say that, but what I realized is, well, we're, I'm not, we're not doing, we're not really changing things. If everybody just goes out and finds a way just for themselves to maybe like work as a freelancer or have some level of freedom that doesn't really solve some of the bigger issues in um, society and uh, with economically, um, we need workers. Yeah. But what I don't love is this idea that either you go be a worker or you free yourself and figure out how to be an entrepreneur. That is not a solution in my opinion whatsoever. And so I think there's something that people are speaking toward. Well, what are they speaking toward when they talk about go be the boss or go be an entrepreneur? Well, maybe what it is, is that feeling of a little more autonomy and freedom. So why can't we cultivate that within how we build teams? Because that's really dang hard to go out and also just like, you know, be the entrepreneur and work on your own. Like there's downsides to that too. But I think like some of the conversations that happen, I've noticed is, it's a lot around like workers not being victims to their workplace, but almost like a negative if you're an employee. And I think we need to transform that. And so then I look at, well, how do we transform that? Well, how do we make better workplaces for everybody? Yeah. And what I'm hearing you speak to, and I'm going to talk from a spiritual perspective now, one of my spiritual teachers always talks about like polarities in a way that, you know, we could be meditating over here or we could be in action over here. But he talks about the mm. middle path, the middle way, and how the middle way is always overlooked. And, and in the spiritual tradition that he's in, this is contemplation, right? But what I'm hearing you talk about in a similar way is like, there's over here, which is just like you're an employee, you're in a business, there's over here where you're either a boss an entrepreneur or a freelancer and maybe there's something in the middle <laughs> that we're overlooking mm -hmm. here maybe there's a restructuring a different way of doing work is that what you're trying to kind of experiment with in your own business yeah yes and I think that it doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't it's not still employees and the people that maybe like own a business or lead it but it's the energy in which it's an energy that sometimes, at least in American culture, what I've been exposed to is this energy of workers hate their bosses. Oh, yeah. And I mean, all the reports that are coming out online and the amount of workers who are disengaged from their work. And I think there's a lot of employees and workers who are frustrated, blaming things on corporations and bosses. And then you've got bosses blaming things on the other. And what I'm interested in is what does a co-creation, a way that, um, where both parties feel like they're winning. Mm. That's a space that I've just played and experimented in throughout my journey as an employer and as a collaborator in different dynamics with team members and in all different ways from, uh, you know, W2 full-time employees with benefits to contractors to part-time and, and testing that again, myself, like everything I'm doing, it's my <laughs> principles of learn by doing and progress over perfection. I live those every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's so inspiring to hear you talk, Amber. It really is. And I I'd love to know now, like you're up to this really powerful work in the world and, and you're super successful as well, economically speaking. And I know, I mean, just from our conversation, I can tell that you're having a profound impact on other people's lives. 
But from your perspective, what is this work in service of? I mean, what is the vision that you hold for the world that this this business is is helping you to kind of realize? This may sound cliche, but for me, it's I believe it impacts global healing. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you said that word. Because healing is not a word that we think of in business. It's not something that we think of in organizational life or leadership or even in change processes. So I'd love to get a sense of what part does healing play in the transformations that you bring? And how important is it? Mm. To me, healing is coming home to our deeper self, being learned learning, unlearning, you know, some of we all different traumas, understanding them and in transforming this thought that there, uh, things happen to us that have to be with us, like a knife in our side, the rest of our life, or like a problem we're carrying around, but rather it was an ex- experience for us to learn from, to go, to grow from. And we spend so much of our time working and collaborating in the dynamic of work. And I'm not saying it's an employer's job to provide healing to their, their employees. It's not what I'm saying, but I do think that if we're already going to be spending so much time working together to create a society, because that's what what we're doing. Why do we have jobs if we're not creating a society? Right. If we're already going to be doing that, what are some ways in which we can be more human to each other? Because that simple act of being more human, it could be as simple as someone asks for a a way to swap an hour at work so that they can be there for a child versus, you, you know, have to be at the factory line and their boss allows it to happen. And this is the first time someone showed them kindness. I mean, that could have taken a lot for them to even ask for the switch You know, they might've gone, the employee might've been proactive in finding someone to make a swap with them. But these are ways that people get shut down all the time. And for what, for why? If there's a solution that works, why not do it, right? Mm -hmm. I had a family member who had to stop nursing their children because they would not provide a a space for like uh, any privacy for her to to be able to pump. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when she went back to work when their child was six weeks old and things like that, that would be so simple. Why couldn't a privacy curtain been put up? Like really why? It's such a simple thing. That's a, it's treating people with humanity, but I do believe that impacts healing because often we all have different ways in which we've been afraid to ask for a thing or into which we're shut down or we're not okay to be our true self. And all these ways that we have to sell a part of ourselves short to go have a career when we, there's so much of it that doesn't need to exist. And I realize we can't maybe custom fit every team member. I get that, but there are some things that are adding to a problem and not helping with the healing. Yeah. I love that. And it seems to me that it's really important uh, in, in organizational life. I mean, I, I'm actually an advocate for, for it. And one of the reasons is particularly in entrepreneurial life. And, and I think about the work that you do, and I'd love to get your sense of this, like, like nobody wants to create a brand 
from like an unhealed story <laughs> really do they yeah. um and so like when you when you speak yeah. to the healing thing I'm like I love that this is in your awareness and is in your field because I know sometimes some of the first work I do with everyone from CEOs of global organizations right the way through to entrepreneurs and coaches is we we have the healing conversations we we look at the trauma we we look at the shadow we look at those different aspects that we're not comfortable within ourselves so that we can kind of be okay with them be compassionate with ourselves and, and kind of transcend them and I get the sense you might not use the same language as me Amber but I get the sense that's also a part of what you do and how you work because you talk about working at deeper levels with people which means you're not building a brand on the you know the surface level no. you're actually right. diving in the deep end well, of the pool with them <laughs> Well, yes, because also, right, if people are, people are connecting in some energetic level and we get to choose, do we want to be in the energy and sell from scarcity or do we want to be in the energy of abundance? Because you can choose and you can be air quote successful either way, but it depends on your definition of success. And for me, my definition has a lot more to do with just than just money. And I think it comes down to that. If you can make money either way and provide for your household and your goals and your dreams, would you rather be a jerk about it and be in the scarcity and all the ways that can come out in messaging and brand building? Or would you rather be in abundance and trust people to make empowered decisions and that you don't need to convince them into buying a product or service? Yeah. And that's what I'm aiming to help bring to company and people's awareness Yeah, is that they are they have a choice in how they do that. And yeah. And that's speaking to the humanity <laughs> yeah. again though, isn't it? Because you're, you're treating people as though they're human. They're intelligent. They're not just mm -hmm. people that are going to blindly follow some, you know, manipulative marketing, right? They actually, right. I think they're real people. Yeah. Well, and maybe this speaks to the more people I think are awakening and realizing they're not buying that that way anymore, which I'm happy to see in here. We're all, there's a lot more transparency in our society now. Um, people yeah. want to be mindful about if they're going to buy a thing and you could buy it from two places, you get to choose which one aligns with your values and which one creates more of what you want in the world. Yeah. So, you know, we've been through a lot these past few years in the world. And I just wonder, what are you noticing that's changing, particularly in things like business and marketing, you know, like from pre-lockdown mm -hmm. and pandemic to where we are today, and maybe even a little bit of where we're headed? I mean, what kind of advice, what kind of insights mm -hmm. do you have that you can share with our audience? Because I sense you, you're kind of a bit of a powerhouse of knowing exactly what's going on here. <laughs> Ooh, oh. <laughs> Well, yes and no. So, so the, the, pay, the pace of change for better or for worse has picked up and will only continue. Mm -hmm. And this is what a lot of the data shows. And it makes sense because look at like the, the technology changes. So I think it's important for every business leader, every person to be aware of and remain intentional. And it's, a personal choice. And especially for those who are CEOs and business leaders, because on one hand, if more people want things on demand and they want them quicker. So we need to look at, well, how do we do that? But it needs to be done in a way that's sustainable 
that can't mean that you can only get so much juice out of the squeeze. We can't just push people harder and harder and harder and churn them. So I'm aware of this unique polarity once again, where people expect things faster. The pace is picking up. Uh, we've you know doubled the rate of business growth of where we were like 20 years ago. And 20 years from now, it's going to be at four times the speed. And 40 years from now, things are going to go at a 16 times the speed. It's just going to keep up. But I think that can be also dangerous if, if as businesses, we're expecting all humans to keep up with that level also. So how I address that with clients today is when we look at, okay, you could, all the places you could be and you could put your message. I always bring it back to something simplistic and say, where's your audience? What's alive for you? Where do you want to have your marketing? What team resources do you have that can sustain it? And pick a few channels and work them very well and work them consistently. Because unless you're a huge brand, you know, like the apples and the Cokes, like you don't need to be everywhere all the time on demand on every single platform. I work with a lot of small, medium businesses. They don't have the budget or manpower to do that. And so I think they need to be careful to not get roped into the next latest and greatest, Mm -hmm. just because everyone's doing TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. It's just, we've got to bring everything back to intentionality. Yeah. And that's great advice because you're speaking there to, uh, you know, I think of that as like, not so much judgment, but discernment. Like I'm going to be really intentional about what I can do, but I'm also going to be really intentional about what I can't do, which seems to be Mm. a conversation that's missing a lot in entrepreneurial life. It's like, we feel like we should just keep going on that hamster wheel and just never get off. Right. And it's almost Mm. like, even when I know for some of my clients, when they do get off, they feel guilty because they're not back on there and they think they should, should, should. And of course that's not a thing. So that's great. Now, I do want to ask you something because as I'm listening to you, like I can hear your badass as you talk, right? I can hear the bold, the courage, the, you know, the kind of umph that 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 a lot of people I think are thinking, well, you know, it's okay for Amber to do like innovative and different mm. things, but maybe not for me. So is it true that people need courage to do kind of what you're doing to be radically authentic in their life and business? I mean, how do they go about doing that? Because they might not be a badass, you know, like you. So what would that mean for them if they're not? (laughs) Yeah. Well, in my book, I talk about how confidence is manufactured by taking one step, doing a thing, realizing that you didn't die from doing it quite frankly. Right. I mean, have your support network around you. who can rally you and cheer, cheer you on. We're not just born with confidence. Some people, it may look easier. It's easier for me to get on stage and speak than it is to figure out like a tech platform, right? It's like, I, but it doesn't mean that everybody just has confidence because even confident people and even I have the self-doubts and the imposter syndrome and the stories, but confidence is manufactured by taking one step at a time and building upon that and you grow and expand. And this is why also reflection is important, right? When we look back over each previous year of life or business, we can see how much we've learned and grown. And when you look, imagine five or 10 years ago, some of the things that you're boldly doing now that you never would have dreamed of. And that proves that you can manufacture confidence. Yeah. 
No, I love that. Now, I have heard you speak about conscious leaders and how they grow and evolve. And I've heard you talk about something where it's important to recognize how and where resistance starts to turn into opportunity. Can you speak to that a little Mm. bit? Because it sounds like we're in that field right now. (laughs) I believe resistance is opportunity because resistance usually shows up because something is grindy. It's a growth edge. It's the ceiling. It wouldn't be resistant if there weren't something that wants that needs to be done about it. So you can alleviate the pressure and get to the other side. I think what happens though, is when we're at a resistance point, typically we have the opportunity to choose to just go back in our shell a bit and let things stay the same and just ignore it. Or we can move through it, work with it. It transforms by working through it. And what I mean is like, if we think about a thing that maybe keeps showing up, kind of like for me, for a few years, I felt the gnawing that my business was something much more than strategic partners marketing. I felt that it was more soulful. It was meant to work with consciousness, but I just kept selling marketing and I kept ignoring it. But the resistance, I would just ignore it for weeks or months at a time by making myself busy, but I never transformed it. I never moved through the opportunity to get to the side of soul seed because I, until I was ready to work with that resistance. So resistance is there. We can ignore it or we can transform it. (laughs) I love that. And that's so inspiring because when I look out in, in business today, there's an awful lot of resistance to conversations like this, conversations about soul, about humanity, about the people and their needs within organizational life. So what you're now telling me is that's just the opportunity that's just waiting to be unwrapped, which is really exciting. <laughs> totally what I believe. Yeah. Do you believe that too? Yeah. It's just yeah, <laughs> totally. It's an opportunity okay. for a conversation through that curiosity lens, not judgment. It can be, it doesn't need to be workforce versus the owners. It can be a, like we're co-creating. Let's have a conversation about this because everybody can struggle and, and right. Nobody has it better than the other. We all have challenges, no matter your title, your job role, Yeah, it's so funny. When I started Sacred Changemakers, Amber, two years ago, I was talking to all like my mastermind members and they were like, we really like the word changemakers, but you can't use the word sacred. You just can't like this. And every time I I Google, I, I typed it into a document or whatever, my spell checker would change sacred to scared. And it still does to this day, because obviously the spell checkers don't think that sacred goes with the word change maker. So they change it to scared every time. And it's just it's this both, beautiful it's kind metaphor. Of true in both. It is so, that is so like <laughs> divine. I mean, it's- Isn't it? Oh, and it's just amazing. Okay, my friends. So here we are. We're, we're recording this at the end of 2022. So I'd love to get you to just kind of, you know, take a pause for a moment and then just look ahead to 2023 and give us a sense of like, what's alive for you next year? I mean, where are you headed, my friend, with this? Where I'm headed is fully owning and stepping more into my unleashed 
of going there and even deeper level of letting soul seed be what it's meant to be in the world, more confidently speaking about what we're talking about here and doing more of this on, I say bigger stages, the stage says the stage doesn't really matter, but I'm wanting to have this be more visible and keep working with those leaders who are on their journey to allowing themselves to live from soul. And I think that'll look like though, bigger stages, more travel, more speaking, yeah. I love it. I do. And it just makes me smile knowing you're out in the world doing this really important and profound work because we need it now probably more than ever before. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I'm, I'm noticing the time and I'm just wondering, you know, we've we've talked through a lot of different things today, but if there's something that you would like to share with our audience, something perhaps that we haven't got to yet, maybe it's words of wisdom, maybe it's just some reflection on where we are, or maybe it's something we've missed that you think it's really important for our audience to know. What might it be? It's the guiding principle that I've sort of summed my life path up by and it's the big T truth. It's your personal truth is your path to freedom. Mm. And that's the big T truth, right? The, the big T of who you authentically are, not the version that you're forcing yourself to be or pretending to be. Yeah. Just that. I'd invite anyone, to, if it resonates, just sit with that and reflect on that, that your personal big T truth is your path to freedom and see what bubbles up. Mm. I love that. Amber, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. I have truly enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you. I have also. Thank you. You're just an amazing light for so many. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You too. Okay, guys, thank you. Um, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and the links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And a big thank you to the members of Coaches Business School, who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community, who are helping us make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for more soul in life and business, if you have a sense that you have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intentions and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.